Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Lords of Limited. My name is Ben Warney, and joining me on the line, as always, is Ethan Sachs. Ethan, we both competed in the Arena Open this past weekend. I went 1-1. You went 0-1, I believe, on day one. Yes. Did you feel any letdown afterwards? Like, I felt like the Olympic people, you know, that train their whole lives, da 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 and then, like, they win the gold medal, except we didn't win the gold medal. <laughs> but we had to compete, and then, like, afterwards, I was like, huh, I don't know what I'm going to do anymore. Like, I guess I'll play Baldur's Gate drafts. I really enjoyed, as much as I am highly medium on this format... I really enjoyed preparing for the MCQ day two and then like drafting best of three to feel like I was prepping for the arena open. And now I'm kind of I've kind of lost. Yeah, I I, I definitely had a bit of that feeling, too, especially because I did. I mean, I think you only did three runs on day one. I did a lot. I think I did like seven or eight with three of them being just pools that I opened, looked at and was like, this is not functional, like no bombs, no two drops, no removal, no fixing. I was like, I, I know there's no way I'm going to get seven wins here. And I was also on a bit of a time crunch. And so I, I dropped those pools um, and then just, you know, going to, to day two, drafting what I thought was the best deck for my seat. Green was clearly open, got like a sort of dragon's deck and then just had a, a, a tough match one mulligan three times. And I, I, I hate blame. I'm not like trying to blame variants or whatever on my loss, but it's tough just like raring up for that and then having it be no losses available for you to continue, you know? I really enjoy the new format personally. There's been a lot of discussion on it on both sides. It just felt to me so much more achievable to like, 3-0 a draft. Like, I can 3-0 a draft. I don't feel like I need to high roll to 3-0 a draft the way you needed to, like, it felt like you needed to just have a nuts draft to be able to get to, like, eight wins or whatever, you know, before you were, were cashing. That just felt so much less attainable to me. Would it feel worse or better to you if you had a loss to give? So let's say you just, like, you know, they, they normally lay out, rather than laying out, like, three wins and then qualify, that it was just like, okay, you have six wins in front of you. Once you get to three wins, you're qualified for the next draft so you could go three one in pod one or three one in pod two that would feel maybe better to me i guess i don't know this felt higher stakes this felt more like a gp day two that's what i think i enjoyed about it but at a gp day two you get to play six rounds of magic no matter what yeah which that's the thing it felt bad to me is like i spent all day saturday basically trying to queue for this thing then i did and then i did a draft and one match, and that was it. I mean, I agree. And I, would I have liked to have another loss to give? Absolutely, because my round one opponent had an insanely good Grixis deck, just like the business, like so much tier one removal, Kaleem. And I had a, a blue-white deck that was good. Not great, but good. I had a, a Lizelle that was definitely the, the feature of the deck, but I did not have like a stellar deck the way this opponent had and I, I was just like I felt good about my deck and then I was like oh, I'm gonna get knocked out in round one by this awesome opponent and I sideboarded so well sighted in two blurs played around the removal like I played out of my mind to beat this opponent in round one and I was like all right this is my day and then I got kind of cheesed in round two and stuck on lands ultimately in the third game to get knocked out which felt bad so I definitely would have liked to have had another round to play but I, I did like the format. I just want to put my vote out there that I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the feeling of it. I definitely enjoyed knowing I was going to get to draft again if I made it to three wins. But I agree, a loss to give would be nice. Much like the opinion on Baldur's Gate, we are split once again, Ben, on our evaluation of uh, <laughs> of the Arena <laughs> Open format. But the reason we're talking about the Arena Open Day 2 is because one, we didn't get a chance to debrief on the pod last week. But two, because this week, that's what we're going to be doing. A Day 2 in the life is what we're looking at here. We're looking at uh, actually four, going to be 
be ambitious here. We're going to look at four first eight picks um, from a handful of streamers, content creators that were gracious enough to give us uh, their draft logs that we're going to take a look at. I'm so very excited to put ourselves in their position and those high stakes drafts. A few housekeeping things to take care of first. First up, we got to talk about the Patreon. Patreon.com slash Lords of Limited is where folks can go to get back to the show if they so choose. This is a really good time to get in on the Patreon if you're interested in that sort of 24-7 limited tech support because there's, you know, we're in the midst of all these flashback drafts. Currently, a really awesome format is up, which is Neon Dynasty, but that'll be gone, I think, by the time this episode goes up. We'll unfortunately be back to Streets of New Capenna as a premiere draft. Then the Arena Cube is coming back for a few weeks. And then Dominaria United is here at the beginning of September, which is awesome. But those are a lot of formats to uh, sort of juggle and figure out. And the Discord is a great place to do that. A lot of awesome stuff as you move up the reward tiers on Patreon as well. So if you feel like you get some value out of the show and you want to give back please feel free to do so and we should shout out that we are rolling out our weekly lords of limited mtg digest newsletter thank you so much to the folks who are contributing who have responded to that who have signed up for that of course thank you to man space star from our discord who is uh working in partnership with us to roll that out to folks but it's really just a, a place for you to get an email blast of hey here's a bunch of limited content from the past week uh in podcast form article form all that good stuff so head on over to our website at lordsoflimited.com slash contact Top of that page there, just sign up, shoot us your email address, and we will get you on that list. And of course, we want to shout out our new patrons the first week that they join. This week, we are welcoming Aubrey, Jay, Jason, Jesse, Henry, Eric, Joel, and Derek. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We really appreciate your support. Eric and Derek. We had Cat in the Hat rhyming there. Eric and Derek. They actually signed up side by side, but I had to split them up because I was like, Eric and Derek right next to each other. Can't do that. (laughs) Yeah. Huge thank you to all those folks. As always, we really, really, really appreciate your support. Can't say thank you enough. Show is also brought to you by Channel Fireball. Channelfireball.com. Best place to go for anything and everything you need magic related, including sealed product. If you want to stash some boxes, maybe of Commander Legends or Double Masters 2022 to draft with your friends down the road. Great place to pick those up, channelfireball.com. And if you want to get better at magic, CFB Pro, honestly, I don't know that we talk about CFB Pro enough. The articles on there are incredible. They have a library that's a database of all the articles that have been written for CFB Pro about topics. If you're serious about studying up and getting better at limited, you need to be on CFB Pro. Not just for the limited articles. There's so many articles about theory and strategy from the constructed players, but they apply to limited so well. I mean, talking about mulligan decisions, sure, those are different for constructed, but they're the theory behind them, the ideas behind them, the strategy behind them, the skill set behind them, that really applies to limited. So I find a lot of those articles really helpful. Absolutely. And for anything that you're doing over at Channel Fireball, whether it's signing up for CFB Pro, picking up some sealed product, picking up some singles, please use code LOL, all caps, to let them know that we sent you over to Channel Fireball. So first thing, we got to shout out all of the folks who were gracious enough to send us their draft logs. Um, we'll make sure to put links to all of their socials and Twitch streams in uh, in the description of the episode so you can check them out. So thank you so much to Defor, Deathsea, Numathanami, Hedology Magic, Icky and Equal TV. Um, all those folks sent us draft logs. Unfortunately, we won't have time to do all of those logs. So we wanted to pick the ones that we felt like gave us the the most meat on the bone to sort of discuss, you know, if it was a straightforward draft, maybe leave that on the sidelines or something where we disagreed with the the streamer or or drafter, then maybe we'll uh, we'll do that discussion. So first up, we're going to look at DeFore's draft one on day two. Ben, are you ready to take a seat at the round table? I am ready to 3-0 a draft, baby. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, so pack one, pick one. The commons 
leave something to be desired. There's really not anything that I feel like is worth shouting out. Under simplify <laughs> might be the best. I don't know. Uh, that's the one in a blue counterspell, but you're, we're not taking a blue common first up here. So let's move on to the uncommons. We got some good ones here. Rasad, Monk of Saloon. This is two and white for the 2-2. When it enters the battlefield, exile target creature and opponent controls until this creature leaves the battlefield. And then it has a specialized cost of five and can flip into various backsides that mitigate the cost of killing this kind of creature. So either, uh, you know, you kill this creature and they get their creature back as just a bland one one or you know flip it to the black side and when they kill it you get a a four one uh get a four one skeleton with menace that sort of thing moving on we got lurking roper to green four five doesn't untap during your untap step whenever you gain life untap lurking roper big boy and your mythic rare is ancient silver dragon six blue blue for an eight eight with flying Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, roll a d20, draw cards equal to the result. You have no maximum hand size for the rest of the game. Yeah, honestly, I had not really thought about this because you tweeted on early on that you had done awesome stuff with Ancient Silver Dragon. But depending (laughs) on how late you connect with this, you have to worry about decking, right? Yes, you definitely have to worry about decking. I only connected with this once, drew 12 cards, and then used that to win the game. (laughs) Um, But there's definitely a a thing to think about of like, how many times can I connect with this? But also remember that like, you connect with this, and then you draw the cards. So if your opponent is at less than eight life, and doesn't have a way to block this, you can still, you know, attack with this with no fear of decking, because they'll die before this trigger resolves. Right? Yeah, this is a pretty clear pack one pick one. And you love to see something like this on day two of the arena open, right? I mean, this is a pretty clear Rasad Monk of Saloon, I think. Best card in the pack. It's in the best color. So just a premium start to the draft. And like you want these picks that are clear and straightforward. So, you know, when it's all done, you don't have to go back and second guess like, well, what if I did blah, blah, blah? Like you're taking Rasad here. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Rasad is awesome. It is currently the uh, best uncommon overall according to 17 lands, if you're a big data boy. Um, So we take Rasad here. Moving on to pack one, pick two. The rare is missing in the pack. Um, Looking at the commons, we've got an underseller Myconid, two and a green for the one, two, taps to add a mana of any color, and when it enters the battlefield or dies, you make a one, one green sapling creature token. There's Steadfast Unicorn. Shout out to you, Ben, for just pegging a unicorn and Blessed Hippogriff in a crash course. Just absolutely crushed it. There's a single white for a 1-2 and has the activated ability of 3 and a white. Creatures you control get plus 1, plus 1, and gain vigilance until end of turn, but you can activate it only during your turn. I had folks, I had a deck the other day that had four of these and then a deck that had three of these, and people were like, don't they get worse in multiples? I was like, well, they don't. I was like, they don't do, they don't get better in multiples on the battlefield, but having multiples in your deck means you're more likely to see one, and that's very good for you. Well, and your opponent has to kill every copy, so it's also it's just great. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to the uncommons, there's a Druid of the Emerald Grove, which is three and a green for the 2-2. Enters the battlefield, search your library for up to two basic land cards, reveal them, then roll a d20. Um, if you low roll, then you just put them in your hand. If you high roll, you put one onto the battlefield tapped, and if you nat 20, you put both onto the battlefield tapped. Ooh, I nat one of the other day and it felt great. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, you were very excited. Um, so two really good green cards, a nice white common follow up for Rasad, And I think not much else to speak of. Yeah. Neighbor took a rare here. Do you find yourself thinking, man, my neighbor took a rare. How nice. When, when you start with a common or an uncommon, I always do that. Well, when I start with a card like Rasad, I don't feel that way because I'm like, Rasad is probably better than a lot of rares. You know, Rasad's very, very good. But I definitely clock that. I'm like, oh, oh, must be nice for you. <laughs> So yeah, I think we have a choice here of taking a maybe slightly worse card. That's even debatable, I think, you know, between Mykonid and Steadfast Unicorn. And I think I would take Mykonid over Druid of the Emerald Grove just Whoa. because of the spot. 
on the mana curve? No, you wouldn't do that? I, I mean, I, it makes sense to me, and Mike and it is so good, and again, I'd be curious to gut check the data, even though I've been very perplexed by the data in this set. It has certainly uh, certainly pulled me away from uh, being a... I'm a small data boy these days, Ben, not a big data boy. Let's not, let's not hide things from the listeners. We have started mad. Magicians Against Data, and you are a founding member with me. <laughs> it's, been, it's been a year, so maybe we need to have Carl back on the show, 2.Q, <laughs> to, uh, to bring us back to the marriage between opinion and data or experience and data, but I've definitely been perplexed by the data. So yeah, we are founding mad magicians against data because that's how we feel. Um, but uh, but yeah, I, I in my heart, I feel like Druid is better than Mykonid. But your point about the spot on the curve really makes a lot of sense. There's a choke point. I mean, we've been saying this for years now on the podcast about how stuff that is four mana or more really has to do something unique. But I just feel like Druid is so good. Druid is so good. I mean, it's a more powerful card in a vacuum, but I think Mykonid is more important to the green decks like you need to stop the aggro decks it ramps you for sure like i think it just does more of what a green deck wants than druid does despite druid being a more intrinsically powerful card yeah about that okay so then we're boiling it down to myconid versus steadfast unicorn to stay white with rasad yeah and i think i would ultimately take unicorn just with the knowledge that i'm gonna have to fight over white and I need to work hard to cut it in pack one if I can and be flexible to pivot if it's definitely not open. But I think with starting with Rasad, I don't think you want to abandon ship or be quite this flexible and take Mykonid early. I think I would take Unicorn ultimately. Yeah, I like that. This feels a bit like eating your vegetables. And this is, I think, perhaps the biggest gap of a kind. You know, if you bump down one common below Unicorn, let's say, what, what would that be for me? Maybe Soldiers of the Watch? Actually, I think I'd probably still take Soldiers of the Watch. Maybe you bump it down again and you take Dust Guard? Like, I guess I would take Mykonid over Dust Guard. I agree. I think that's where the line is for me. Yeah, so it, it, it's tough just because, like, I feel like it's it's a pretty big gap between where my evaluations of Unicorn and Mykonid are. Like, obviously, if this were pack one, pick one. I think you take a green card here, whether you're taking Mykonid or Druid. Um, but I really like this follow-up of Unicorn. And it's just worth noting that in pack one, the only other white card was Icewind Stalwart. And in this pack, the only other white card is Valiant Farewell. That's the one in a white plus two plus oh combat trick, draw a card, etc. that I thought was good and isn't. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that makes that a really nice way to sort of carve out white. So maybe if you fight over it in pack one, you know you're sending no white signals for pack two. Yes. And I think just picking white cards like Unicorn, eating your vegetables here, as you say, makes it more likely that you get to play future white cards. Yeah, love that. And pack one pick three brings us to a really interesting decision point. So uh, in terms of white cards at common, there's Celestial Unicorn, two and a white, three, two. Whenever you gain life, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. Don't love that card. I do really like Flaming Fist Dust Guard, one and a white for a three, one. When it enters the battlefield, you get a boon with when you cast your next creature spell, it perpetually gets plus one, plus oh. I definitely think that that's the common that I would take here. But I would point out that there is an uncommon and that really is in contention for me, which is Liara of the Flaming Fist. Red, white for the 2-2. At the beginning of each combat, each creature you control gets plus one, plus one until end of turn if it has the same name as another creature you control or creature card in your graveyard. And you can pay one red, white to have another target non-token creature you control gain first strike and double team until end of turn, but only once and only as a sorcery. This is such a good pick, right? There's so much to dissect here. So my 
initial glance looking at this pack was wow very disciplined taking flaming fist i don't know if i would have been able to do that i think i would have landed on liara but then i looked closer at the pack so we know the rare is still here there's an uncommon and a common missing and we know that there's a red common missing because there's no red commons in the pack so the plot thickens very much there right so i think because there's a red common missing for sure you assume that your neighbor is going to be drafting red and that you won't necessarily be able to play liara like you you're less likely i think than if there's a red common in the pack to be able to get to put Liara in your final deck. So I think knowing that there's a red common missing, I really like the Flaming Fist Dust Guard pick. And I think I also would have shipped Liara if I had seen that. I saw this draft log first and I saw this pick and I was like, this is crazy. Then I looked at it again. I was like, well, you know, it's nice that he's just like sticking with white. And then I looked at it a third time and realized that the red common was missing. And I was like, oh, this is actually low key brilliant. Yeah. Just very good. Yeah, this is an awesome pick from DeFore, taking the Dusk Guard and passing Liara. Pack one, pick four. Uh, nice, you see four white commons. None of them very exciting, but you have your Ambushed on the Road, the Cheap Trick. You have you hear something on Watch that can either be an Anthem effect or deal five to an attacking creature. Dawnbringer Cleric, the two mana one three that can gain two life, destroy an enchantment, or, or exile a card from a graveyard. And then I think ultimately, you know, the best white card and perhaps the best card for DeFore here is Minimus Containment. Two and white for the aura, enchant online permanent, and it turns enchanted permanent into a treasure. Yeah, I agree. I think Minimus Containment is a, a pretty clear pick. It's the best white card in a pack that's pretty weak. But I do want to rewind quickly to the last pack because I think we kind of glossed over it and we always get questions about oh, this, or at least I do yeah. on stream. Like, how do you know a red common was missing? Uh-huh, so, uh-huh. And this is seems to be conventional wisdom. I have never seen this in print from Wizards of the Coast anywhere, but theoretically, there is a common of each color in the pack. And if there's a common missing of that color, you know that that was taken by your neighbor or someone prior. I mean, I have never seen a pack one, pick one, pack two, pick one, pack three, pick one that did not have a common of every color on Arena. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I guess that's the way to verify. Yeah, it just does seem to be conventional wisdom, though. So but I I just accept it as truth at this point. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's a nice little piece of the puzzle there. So use that to your advantage, folks. So DeFore is now four picks in, all white cards. Love to see it. Pack one, pick five. There's a Pilgrim's Eye in the pack. Three mana for the one, one flyer. When it enters the battlefield, you search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand, then shuffle. The only white card is Devoted Paladin, four and a white for the four, four. When it enters the battlefield, creatures you control get plus one, plus one and gain vigilance until end of turn. Someone was like, what do you think about Devoted Paladin? I was like, it's a fine curve topper, but you know what does it better? Steadfast Unicorn, like just literally does the same thing repeatedly for one mana. Yes, much better card, Steadfast Unicorn. And I would say the other card to like shout out that might be the quote unquote best card or in, in conversation with Pilgrim's Eye is Deadly Dispute, one in a black uh, for an instant as an additional cost to cast it, sack an artifact or creature, draw two cards and create a treasure token. Yeah, I like Deadly Dispute. Not enough, I think, to go into black here, but definitely a premium mm-hmm. card to clock and think, well, maybe this is a, a note that black might be flowing slightly, but I think you're just thrilled to see Pilgrim's Eye here. It's a great card curves very well after flaming fist dust guard that you already have and like if you're gonna be heavy white maybe lets you play you know a 10-7 mana base and then have the pilgrim's eye to help find your second color if you need it yeah yeah love this pick here pack one pick six another very interesting decision i think this is much clearer but really interesting to see there's a patriarch's humiliation single white instant target creature perpetually loses all abilities then humiliation deals damage to it equal to the number of creatures you control can we just talk for a second about how insanely good this card is it's bonkers it's like lightning bolt 
plus in limited. The fact that you just get to blow out indestructible tricks, you're like, oh, you thought that was indestructible? Nope, not anymore. Oh, you thought that had flying? Nope, not anymore. <laughs> like, that's wild. I, I have actually fired this off on turn one against like a unicorn, against a kobold warcaller with no creatures in play, just to be like, I actually don't want you to give everything you have haste. That's going to make me not lose this game immediately on the draw, you know? Yeah, card is wild. I think it is maybe the best removal spell we've ever seen for limited like send sword to plowshares or something it's it's actually bonkers that's a take that is a take for sure i mean lightning bolt like i think it's like swords lightning bolt patriarch humiliation i think you can make a strong case that humiliation's close to as good as lightning bolt no especially in this set with all of the like you know perpetually and blah 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 and all these abilities it's so relevant here i wonder if it would be as relevant in other sets but in this set it's just like primo 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 yeah, insane. So you've got that. That's awesome to see. Pick six when you are mono white at this point. But there's also another Liara of the Flaming Fist in this pack, which I don't think you're taking at this point. At this point, that's a much clearer humiliation, but just interesting to see. Yeah, and I think even seeing the second Liara here, I feel no regret about no. not taking the first one. Like seeing Patriarch's humiliation here in the in the arena open is just like, yes, we are doing it, right? Yes, absolutely. Uh, we get to pack one, pick seven, a bunch of junker replaceable stuff, except there's another just glistening, beaming, steadfast unicorn in the pack. So we snap that up and then pack one, pick eight, just stay mono white with a copy of your ambushed on the road over very little. So just a real that pick three is, I think, a real masterclass in discipline and also reading between the lines of the pack. And you just like love that you're mono white after eight picks. Hundred percent. Yeah, you feel great in this spot. Yeah. And DeFore ends up with an awesome white deck. It's actually funny. He does end up red white. He gets a Liara of the Flaming Fist and an Alder Raven Guard Marshal. That's the, the rare red white card that is basically a three for one plus if it doesn't get answered when it attacks um but mostly mono white besides that so you want to run down this deck here or no uh yeah let's do it so in the one drop slot double unicorn humiliation portable hole you're ambushed on the road in the two drop slot archivist of ogma dawnbringer cleric two dust guards janassi rabble rouser liara of the flaming fist steadfast paladin you come to the knoll camp three drop slot celestial unicorn lulu forgetful holophant Pilgrim's Eye, Priest of Ancient Lore, Rasad, Monk of Saloon, Alder, Raven Guard, Marshal, Craving of Yinogu, Improvised Weaponry, and then one lone four drop, Blessed Hippogriff, and Ranger Squadron in the six drop slot. So just lean, mean, attacking machine deck here. That, ladies and gentlemen, was someone that went to school for talking. <laughs> uh, I mean, if you've ever watched DeFore or you follow him on Twitter, which I would recommend doing, he has like really unique takes on limited and, and takes that are different and approaches that are different to mine, because I think he's like so entrenched in arena and like climbs the ladder a lot, hits mythic one a lot. He loves these low to the ground aggressive decks. And these are his bread and butter. He's playing a lot of cards that I'm like, eh, maybe I would maybe I would hope to not play you come to the Knoll camp or you're ambushed on the road. But I also feel like if there's any player that I can think of that is going to leverage cards like that, it's to four. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we're gonna take a quick ad break and we'll be back with draft number two. Now a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. 
As a listener of this podcast, you're no stranger to investing time into the things that matter most to you. Hobbies like magic are a great way to support an active and healthy brain. Taking care of your mind can be done in all sorts of ways, like using BetterHelp Online Therapy. Therapy is a great resource for the big hurdles in your personal life, like a breakup or struggling at work. But you don't have to wait for something big like that to come along to give therapy a shot. We think about our physical health on a daily basis, and our mental health should be no different. BetterHelp provides online therapy through a number of mediums video, phone, and even live chat-only sessions, so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. It's affordable, so you'll be doing right by your mind and your wallet at the same time. You can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours, and our listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash Lords. That's BetterHelp.com slash Lords. And now, back to the show. All right, we are back with Kenji, a.k.a. Numat the Nummies draft here. So one of the premium Magic the Gathering content creators and sitting down for a day two draft at the Arena Open. Are you ready, Ethan? Oof, I'm ready. All right, pack one, pick one. See the following cards as options. There's several premium white cards. There's Steadfast Unicorn. There's a Priest of Ancient Lore. Two and white for the two one. When it ETBs, you gain a life and draw a card. There's Patriarch's Humiliation. And I think those are really the only cards commons in consideration like the next common is like a dread lenorm which is good but not on the level of those white cards and then moving on to the uncommons there's a seravok the usurper three black for a three three with specialize three at the beginning of combat on your turn target creature control gets plus x plus o until end of turn where x is the number of creature cards in your graveyard and then after you specialize at the black side like fuels that lets you put some cards in your graveyard the color other colors give you some sort of ability like first strike or menace or whatever to help you get Saravok and your creatures through. Do you have an idea now having played with these cards for a few weeks of like which of the backsides you want to have access to if it's like not the monocolor? The ones I've played with a lot. Yes. Yeah. There are some like, that I still haven't played with a ton. I would say I have to read a third of the specialized cards very carefully mm-hmm. still and two thirds not. Just like remind yourself like which you have access to in the game. Yes. The ones that are, I think, best on their monocolor side are really nice. And Saravok, I think, is one of those. The fact that when it flips to the black back side, you get three creatures in your bin is really powerful. Yeah, I've loved Saravok plus Pilgrim's Eye in this format. Yeah. And then there's also a portable hole, white for the artifact, and there's a battlefield exile target non-land permanent opponent controls with mana value two or less until it leaves the battlefield. Probably not on the level of the white commons, but worth noting. And then in the rare slot, we've got Wand of Orcus, two and a black for the equipment. Whenever equipped creature attacks or blocks, it and zombies you control gain death touch until end of turn. Whenever equipped creature deals combat damage to a player, create that many 2-2 black zombie creature tokens, and it has an equip cost of three. We didn't talk about Wand of Orcus in our build around and find out episode. Have you had the chance to play with or against this card? I have played both with and against it, and it is powerful, clunky, but powerful is how I would describe this card. I mean, if it connects once, the game is likely over, but it's such a steep equip cost. I do think there is a build around element to it in that when I take it, I am already thinking about evasive threats. I'm thinking about pairing black with either white or honestly blue to get those like sneaky cards through or get flyers in the deck because that's the easiest way to enable wand you know if you can attack with a two power flyer and then get two zombies every turn that's a real way to make it very difficult for your opponent to race yeah i think that's certainly all true where do you find yourself landing pack one pick one here this is so hard i mean if it's arena open day two i think i'm taking priest and feeling really bad about like white is probably going to be contested and then i'm also shipping two very good white commons 
if it's just like a normal draft, I'm thrilled to just take Wand of Orcus and mess around. But I don't know if I have the have the gumption to do it in a high stakes draft like this. That's so funny because my thought is, ah, oh, man, if I sit down and it's the we're going to open day two, I think I'm taking Patriarch's Humiliation. So we're, we're, we're different depending on which white card we want to take. That's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the Humiliation and Priest are like very, very close, I think. Yeah, I would land on Humiliation myself. Kenji landed on Wand of Orcus. And honestly, I think that's totally reasonable as well. Like there's a world yes. where you look at this pack and you think, man, white's going to be super contested. Do I really want to take either Priest or Humiliation and just like hold on for dear life for one of these white commons if white gets cut or... I can just ship all these white commons, let everybody else fight over white and take this wand of Orcus. I think that's totally reasonable, too. Yeah, I love it. And he does snap up the wand. So let's see where that leads him. Pack one, pick two. See the following cards as options. There's a steadfast paladin, one in a white for the two, two with lifelink. Best black card in the pack at the commons. Not great. It's either a horde robber or a nefarious imp, but you're not excited mm. about either of those cards. No. And there's honestly no great commons. The best common in the pack is probably Steadfast Paladin. There's a Hill Giant Herdgorger, the 7-6 that gains three when it ETBs. But we're going to move on to the uncommons. There's one of your faves, OG, the Exquisite Blade. Two white blue for a 2-3. When ETBs, you gain two and scry two. And when you cast your second spell each turn, you can blink a creature that you control. I mean, these honestly might be my two favorite uncommons side by side. <laughs> There's also Alora Rogue Companion. <laughs> three to blue for a 3-2 with Specialized 2. Whenever you attack, up to one target attacking creature can be blocked this turn. At the beginning of the next end step, return that creature to its owner's hand. And it's got a Specialized cost of two. And then gives you some sort of benefit when you return the creature. And then... Boom, we buried the lead. Baba Lasaga Night Witch, two black green for a 4-4, tap, sack, up to three permanents. If there were three or more card types among the sacrifice permanents, each opponent loses three life, you gain three life, and you draw three cards. Boom, baby. I'm thrilled to see Baba Lasaga here following up the Wand of Orcus. Yeah, I mean, honestly, you feel way better going Wand Baba Lasaga than you do Humiliation Steadfast Paladin, I think? Uh, Yeah, I mean, well, or you can feel good like me and you can go Priest into OG. Ooh, yeah. I honestly, my draft we're not going to do today because it was pretty straightforward, but I had the opportunity to take, I had a priest and I had an opportunity to take a second priest or a hippogriff, I think pick three. And I was mm. honestly seriously considering taking the second priest because it opened up blink strategies so well, but I ended up caving to just taking the good card, boring Ben, and I took the Hippogriff, but it was a real thought I thought of you, and I was like, I wonder if Ethan would take the Priest here so that he could open up Blink shenanigans. I have had that decision before, and I do think it's worth thinking about the kind of deck you think you might end up in. The problem is, is that Hippogriff is just so busted. Like, even, <laughs> right? in, the even in the Blink deck, you're just like, I want Blessed Hippogriff because it's so good. Yeah. All right. So, Babalu Saga. Feels great. Let's do it. Yeah, when I saw this draft log, I was like, my guy, Wand of Orcus into Baba, let's go. <laughs> yeah. All right, moving on to pack one, pick three. The fun ends very quickly here for Kenji. Yeah. Not a great pack. Best green common, Sylvan Shepherd, two and a green for the two, three Vigi. When it attacks, roll a d20 and you gain life based on what you roll. There's Hook Horror as the only black card in the pack. Four and a black for a 3-3, three, three, and it has Molting Exoskeleton, which means when it dies, perpetually gets minus one, minus one. And then if the card's toughness is one or greater, it comes back to the battlefield. Those are literally the only green and black cards in the pack. I sided in Hook Horror against Red-White, as I am wont to do, because I think it's really good against Red-White aggressive decks, because it often can like trade with a something and then trade with a Warriors of Tiamat, whatever. And I like was behind hit it on the battlefield, and I was like, usually Red-White has a really hard time dealing with this unless they 
they have minimus containment. And then my opponent, as I was saying that, fired off Patriarch's Humiliation. Ooh. And I just went, perpetually loses all abilities. No. <laughs> it was just in the be- in the graveyard for good. That felt bad. Yeah. So maybe I will stop citing that card in against Red White. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Uh, other commons in the pack. Hobgoblin Captain, one in red for a 3-1. When it attacks, if you attack with creatures with power six or greater, this gains first strike until end of turn. And then a bunch of blue cards. There's two blue uncommons, Seek New Knowledge and Lapis Orb of Dragonkind. Neither of those in consideration here and a rare and an uncommon missing. So no real signals to be had. Yeah, this is a bummer of a pick. I think you just take Hobgoblin Captain because you, you can't take a black or green card here with what's in the pack. Um, so I, I would take Captain here. Yeah, it's either that or Minimus Containment. I like the Captain pick, and that is what Kenji landed on as well. And I will say that I think it's important to note that I think Babala Saga, if you can't end up in black-green, being in a Jund color pair is good for it to be splashable because then you get access to treasure, which helps you splash Baba, which is also good with Baba to sacrifice, etc. All right, moving on to pack one, pick four. You see the following cards as options. There's Pilgrim's Eye, three mana for the 1-1 one, one flyer. When ETBs, you can search your library for a basic land. There's Owlbear, three GG for the 4-4 four, four trample. When ETBs, you draw a card. And honestly, not much else in consideration. Only black card is Armor of Shadows. That's black for the plus one plus one indestructible. And honestly, that card has done work. Yes, which I, we talked about it, but that just speaks to how insane Hippogriff is that you're like, you know, I'd play half of Hippogriff and that's still a good card, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then there's a green gate and an emerald dragon as well in the uncommons for GG for the 4-4 flying trample. Yeah, I mean, I think Owlbear is definitely better than uh, than emerald dragon or the green gate. I really like taking Pilgrim's Eye here with Baba La Saga, you know, especially because Pilgrim's Eye is so good with Baba, as we talked about last week on the build around episode. Um, but also, if you think you end up in red, black or red, green, it lets you splash it as well. For sure. Yeah, I like Pilgrim's Eye here as well. Kenji elected to go with Owlbear. And I think totally reasonable as well. Like maybe you're not yes. as comfortable building around Babala Saga and Day 2 of the Open, which I could certainly see. And you just want like the raw power of Owlbear. Totally makes sense. Owlbear also gives him out to just be like red green beasts with the Hobgoblin Captain too. Yes, for sure. Moving on to pack one, pick five. Wah, wah. Holy cow. Oh Kenji has a hard draft. <laughs> He really does. This is such a stinker of a pack. I don't even know what you like highlight here. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at this pack, there are no green cards, which feels horrible after just picking Owlbear, right? Yes. And then there's no good black cards. There's Baleful Beholder, the six mana six five that lets you either give your creatures menace or force an opponent to sack an enchantment. There's another Armor of Shadows. And then a billion blue cards. There's Undersimplify, Frost Giant, Charm Sleep, Irenicus's Vile Duplication, but like nothing good, right? There are no yeah. good cards in this pack. Though I, people keep telling, trying to sell me on Irenicus's Vile Duplication, which I was trying to sell you on in the crash course. I, I've been not impressed by this card. I don't know what I'm missing about it. It's blue. <laughs> It's blue. It's blue. That's true. Yeah. So I think I agree with Kenji's pick here, which is an undersimplify. Yeah, I think that's totally fine. And you just take this pick and move on. Yeah, I think you feel a couple things about this pick. One, that this is a stinker of a pack and it stinks to have a a pack like this happen on day two of the arena open, but also that this might be a blue signal, right? Like Kenji's had a rough draft and is looking for a place to be. And blue is usually a place that you can be, right? Like if you mm-hmm. just need a place that you know you're going to get playables or whatever while you figure out, you know, some other color that's going to give you some good cards. All right, moving on to pack one, pick six. After taking Undersimplify, see the following cards as options. There's a Lizard Folk Librarians in the commons, 
Three and a blue for the 2-4 with double team when ETB is your scry 2. Having played uh, Neon Dynasty this past week, I have to say, this is not Imperial Oath. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad to hear you say that. Truth comes out. <laughs> There's Druidic Ritual, 2G. You can mill three, then return up to one creature and up to one land from your graveyard to your hand. And then... No real uncommons to speak of. There's you meet in a tavern and sigil of Merkel. Neither of those really do anything. And then in the rare slot, there's a Nalfeshni still chilling here. This is five and a red for the four six with flying. Whenever you cast a spell from exile, copy it. You may choose new targets for the copy. If it's a permanent spell, the copy gains haste. And at the beginning of the end step, sacrifice this permanent. The other day I drafted Nalfeshni and Alondo in the same deck to try and like get the exile thing, the exile copy. And you were like, I think we need to have an Alondo intervention. <laughs> <laughs> for you we really do i went on quite a journey with nalfeshni i thought it was like awesome to start and then i was like eh, you only get the like copies until end of turn blah 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 it's not great this is worse than red dragon but then being worse than red dragon it's still pretty good like a six mana four six flyer it's just good it's just a big card i mean it's like a c plus it doesn't really pull you into red but a solid magic card for sure yeah for sure and seeing it pick six feels signally and happy to take it yeah, and Kenji was as well. Slam Nalfeshni into his pile. Moving on to pack one, pick seven. The hits just keep coming. Yeah. So another dud of a pack. No white cards to speak of. And looking at the following cards as options. There's Young Blue Dragon, four and a blue for the three, three flyer and has the adventure for one and a blue to scry one, then draw a card. There's an unexpected windfall. Two red red for the instant as an additional cost to cast it. You pitch a card and then draw two and create two treasure tokens. And Honestly, there's nothing else really in consideration. There's maybe like Circle of the Land Druid to do some shenanigans with Baba Lasaga. It's one in a green for the one one. When ETBs, you mill four and you can return a land from your graveyard to your hand. That's like a nice piece of sacrifice fodder. But Kenji is seeing some duds of packs. Uh, yeah, he really is. So first of all, I think he can like pat himself on the back that he shipped those three white cards in pack one and took wand because he's seen no white cards. And I think I really like taking windfall here for two reasons. One, you got the late now Feshni, so maybe red is open. Unexpected windfall is going to do some gluey work for him if he ends up in like a Jund pile, like Jund rare pile, makes treasures for Baba, digs in towards his good cards, etc. Like ramps in towards some top end. I think I really like taking the windfall here. Ooh, a big score believer. Yeah, for sure. I was honestly going to say that I wanted to take Young Blue Dragon here, but I think you sold me on Unexpected Windfall. Excellent. And that is what Kenji selected as well. Moving on to pack one, pick eight with the Unexpected Windfall in your pile. See the following cards as options. There's a Horde Robber, one in a black for the one three. When it deals combat damage to a player, you make a treasure token. There's an Earth Cult Elemental that you could maybe ramp to. Four mm. red red for the six six, and you roll a die one through nine. Each player sacks a permanent. Ten through nineteen, each opponent sacks a permanent. And if you hit that twenty, your opponent sacks two permanents. And then nothing else really. I mean, there's like a kindred discovery in the rare slot. We talked about that last week. You build around creature types, but this draft is so difficult and all over the place that we have no no room for that at the moment. Yeah, I, I mean, I don't love horde robber in general, but I like taking it here for sort of similar reasons. Gives him a two drop. It's not a good two drop, but it is something to do on turn two it makes treasures which is good with baba which is good with splashing and ramping like if you can connect with it it's early enough that he can try and pick up thieves tools or whatever to go with this um i think i like this better than taking earth cult as another six drop 
Yes, I completely agree. And then you're looking at a deck that looks sort of reasonable-ish right now for how rough this draft has gone, right? Like you've mm-hmm. got you've got a Horde Robber and a Hobgoblin Captain in the two. You've got a Wand in the three, which is powerful. Unexpected Windfall to help you splash your Babala Saga. And then Nalfeshni as well. And you're, you're probably mm-hmm. currently not playing Owlbear. Horde Robber here also gives you outs to just be black green too, like with Horde right. Robber, Wand, Baba, Owlbear. So mm-hmm. Anne is going to make treasures for your Babala Saga. It just does a lot for you here. But... If you're Kenji, you're still just looking for a direction, right? You're just trying to settle into a two-color pair. Yeah, for sure. So where does he end up at the end of this draft? He ends up in a black-green deck. So if we give this a rundown, in the one-drop slot, we've got Armor of Shadows, Shambling Ghast, two-drop slot, Guild Sworn Prowler, two Circle of Land Druids, and a Scaled Nurture, three-drop slot, Nefarious Imp, Wand of Orcus, Arcane Archery, Band Together, Circle the Moon Druid, and Follow the Tracks. Four drops, Ambition's Cost, Grim Bounty, Druid of the Emerald Grove, and Babala Saga. Fives, two times Summon Undead, three Owlbears. And then a six drop in Eyes of the Beholder, and a seven drop, an Ancient Brass Dragon. Yeah, it's a sexy curve. I missed the triple Owlbear when I was looking at this earlier. Yeah, honestly, this is like a fine playable deck. You'd rather have better two drops than this. Like there's just too much filler in this deck, right? But that's to be expected when you were looking at packs, the power level that Kenji was. And not quite as supported a Babala Saga as I would like. Like sure, you get a treasure from Ghast and a treasure from Grim Bounty, but it's going to be hard to enable this. This is basically a four mana four four in his deck. Yes, I agree. All right, we're going to take one more ad break and then we'll be back for more drafts, baby. Today's podcast is brought to you by Athletic Greens. This is a product that I've started using every day to improve my energy and immune system. I take it first thing in the morning, and even though it looks like a green smoothie, it tastes like a vanilla protein shake. So what is this stuff? It's as easy as taking a multivitamin, Ben. One scoop of AG1 shaken with water, and you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, your immune system, your energy, recovery, and focus. AG1 contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything, while still tasting pretty good. With every purchase, Athletic Greens donates to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day to take great care of yourself. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com LOL. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash LOL to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And now, back to the show. All right, next up, we're going to take a look at Icky's day two first draft here. So Ben, looking at pack one, pick one. In the commons, there are a ton of good black cards. There's Grim Bounty, two black black, sorcery, destroy target, creature, planeswalker, make a treasure. Vampire Spawn, so good. Two and a black, two, three, enters the battlefield. Each opponent loses two life and you gain two life. And my current and still vote for the top black common, Guildsworn Prowler, one and a black for a two one with death touch when it dies. If it wasn't blocking, draw a card. Yeah, I think there's also Juvenile Mist Dragon in the uncommon slot. Yeah. Three blue blue for the four three flyer. And when ETBs, you can lock something down that opponent controls for a turn. Like you could maybe make a similar read to Kenji and like take Mist Dragon and ship all this black. But I think blue is just too bad to be doing something like that. 
So yeah, for me, it's... I would land on Guildsworn Prowler as what I think the best card in the pack is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, we should mention the rare is the set's namesake, Baldur's Gate, but we are not taking that land. Watsi has a history now of these clunker rares, you know, Werewolf Stunk in Innistrad, Midnight Hunter. <laughs> so make sure that whatever your featured thing is, you, you watch out in the next format. That's right. That's right. Uh, pack one, pick two. Not really any great black follow-up. In the common slot, there's Nefarious Imp, Eyes of the Beholder, and Armor of Shadows. You're hoping to not take any of those second pick otherwise there's a flaming fist dust guard as a white two drop there's valor singer as two and a red for a two three at the beginning of combat on your turn target creature you control gets plus one plus oh until end of turn the rare is missing in the pack but there is actually another juvenile mist dragon yeah this is wild here so i think you're narrowing this down to dust guard versus juvenile mist dragon like none of the black cards are quite good enough that i want to follow up with another black guard and i think Dust Guard is the best of the commons in the pack. Mm. I think I would take Juvenile Mist Dragon here on day two of the Arena Open. I would I would be too worried about getting cut out of white in a, a premium draft like this. And I think Dust Guard is my line for white card that I would not take. Like I'd take Steadfast Paladin, I'd take Soldiers of the Watch, I'd take the good white commons, but I think I would take Miss Dragon over Dust Guard here. This exercise of what's the line for these kinds of picks is really important. I bring this up a lot in coaching sessions, and I think it's really good for you to do at home as well. If you think about, okay, I wouldn't take Flaming Fist Dust Guard over Juvenile Miss Dragon, then bump up and go, okay, what's next? Like, what is my ranking of, of white commons? I would take Hippogriff. I would take Priest. I would take Humiliation. I would take Unicorn. I would take Soldiers of the Watch. But this is where I'm drawing the line here. Right. And if you don't have that sort of if you can't rattle off that Rolodex, if you can't think about that, like, you know, delta of picks, you know, you're leaving some equity on the table because these picks are going to be a lot harder. They're going to feel a lot more like intangible for you, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And I think the other wrench that gets thrown into that, like this is early on. Right. And Mm -hmm. then there comes a time when you've got some things. So then you have to ship other things up because of what you've already drafted and other things go down because of what you've already drafted. Like there's just this constant list of pick orders that are shifting and moving based on what you've already picked. Absolutely. I think I agree with you on taking the Mist Dragon. And I also, you know, you can sort of hope and pray that that Mist Dragon from pack one wheels. You know, if you if you move into blue here, it happens to be open, you cut it effectively. Maybe that first one wheels because everyone else is scared of blue, you know? Yeah, for sure. Uh, Icky here landed on Flaming Fist Dust Guard. I think totally reasonable just to be like, I want two drops. I want to get into good colors. I think that's totally fine. Um, Pack one, pick three. No real good black follow-ups for him. Thieves Tools is the common. No good white follow-ups for him. Only white card is Valiant Farewell. Uh, Best common in my mind. Such a strong common. Janassi Rabble Rouser. One in red for the 1-3 with double team. And you can pay one in red to have creatures you control named. Janassi Rabble Rouser get plus one plus O until end of turn. This is a, another card that's making me be a small data boy this set. I don't understand how this card doesn't have like... <laughs> this card is insanely good. How does this card not have like a 61% win rate? I, I don't get it at all. This card is fantastic. Yep, yeah, card's bonkers. There's a rare and an uncommon missing, and there is still another juvenile mist dragon in this pack, Ben. Woo, that is spicy. I think, yeah. you know, if you pass the second one, I don't think you're taking the th- third one here. So if, right. we, if we've got Flaming Fist Dust Guard, I think you're taking Genasi Rabble Rouser here just to get yes. another two drop. You're in the Mardu colors. You can figure out what combination of them you are down the road. And honestly, if you have 
the one juvenile mist dragon i guess you take the second one here yes but then you're kind of baited into drafting blue which also feels kind of bad so maybe icky knows what's up taking that flaming fist dust guard i mean you're baited into drafting blue but for two very good cards like that's what blue suffers with i mean i know you've you've got two very good five drops and blue suffers with early game but just like then you just find a color to pair it with that does have two drops you know Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I agree. And I think that's another really interesting point of how pick orders change or how your picks change. Like, yes, if you had taken Mist Dragon, you take the second one. But if you take Flaming Fist Dust Guard, Mist Dragon isn't even on your radar. And you just take Rabble Rouser and you're like, cool, I have a good two drop in the three best colors and I'll figure out what I'm supposed to do from here. Yep. Definitely different spots. Pack one, pick four, more blue cards are flowing. There's Undersimplify, Soul Knife Spy, Rhyme Shield Frost Giant, and Pseudo Dragon Familiar, all next to each other in the common slot. Um, there's another Flaming Fist Dust Guard, if you want to snap that up. In the Uncommons, there's also a Pegasus Guardian. Five and white for a 3-3 three, three with flying. At the beginning of your end step, if a permanent you controlled left the battlefield, you make a 1-1 one, one white Pegasus creature token with flying. And as the adventure, rescue the foal, one and a white for an instant, exile target creature you controlled, and return that card to the battlefield under its owner's control. Yeah, I think Pegasus Guardian is the best card in the pack here and in a color you would like to be. So I think I would snap that up. Yeah, for sure. And again, I think just worth noting, you could have gone Mist Dragon, Mist Dragon, Undersimplify and not felt terrible. Yeah, for sure. Pack one, pick five. You would feel terrible if you were drafting blue because there's nothing good for you and you feel great having taken a Pegasus Guardian because there's Five white cards in the pack, the best of the bunch being a Steadfast Unicorn. Yeah, Steadfast Unicorn is insane here. We're likely to be white at this point, so I would snap up the Steadfast Unicorn. Mm -hmm. Pack one, pick six. As these packs start to, you know drop off in power level. We're not seeing anything really good to speak of. There's a Warriors of Tiamat, four and a red for the 4-2 Haste double team. Uh, that seems to be a card that you and I are the only ones who like, but I do like this card. Uh, there is I would a- say, just in defense of Warriors of Tiamat, it's not a great card, right? Like it's no. a, It's a C, but it's a C that has the potential to win the game, which is not something a lot of other Cs have. Like when Warriors of Tiamat is great, it wins the game. Yeah, and so sure, when you're very behind, this is terrible. But like if you're at parity or ahead, it's just really good. You're just like, here's a two for one. Like, yeah, it can trade with two two drops. That's still good. Mm -hmm. uh, there is Minimus Containment as I think the best card in the pack, maybe, or like in conversation as uh, a best card in the pack. And especially with the white cards that we have, probably the pick. Yeah, I like Minimus Containment here quite a bit. OK, are you ready for this? Pack one, pick seven. Juvenile Mist Dragon, Ben. We're not even on the wheel. Wow, that is so many Juvenile Mist Dragons. So many Mist Dragons. And like, I mean, you could take a Prophetic Prism, I guess, but you don't really want that in white. There's a Ranger Squadron, but you already have a six drop in Pegasus Guardian. So I think you just take the Mist Dragon here. Yeah, I would just take Mist Dragon. I, this is how you want to get into blue for sure. Like this is the very responsible way to get into blue. Pick seven, Juvenile Mist Dragon. Sign me up. Well, can I interest you in a pack one pick eight, Juvenile Mist Dragon? Oh my good Lord. Yes, you can. So like at this point, are you thinking, am I about to get five Mist Dragons? Like are... I'm I seeing, would be salivating. <laughs> like, you're just like, is this about to happen on day two of the arena open? Am I going to get these other three to wheel? Is that even good? You don't even want to play five of them, do you? Of course you do. You would, you'd play like five chill bringers, right? I That's, this, this card's great. I don't know. Yeah. Five's quite a bit. <laughs> so he takes Juvenile Mist Dragon, pack one, pick eight. The first one wheels, pack one, pick nine. 
And then that's it. Then 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 it tapers off. The other two disappear. He does end up grabbing a clever conjurer uh, pick 11, which I think is the kind of card you want when you've got triple Miss Dragon um, to ramp you into those. But uh, I feel like he's probably pretty solidly blue white. And if we head on over to the deck, that is exactly what he ends up with. Must be nice. Holy cow. He gets a Gale Conduit of the Arcane. That's the the mythic specialized creature that returns an instant or sorcery from your graveyard to your hand and then flips and gives you bonuses every every time you cast an instant or sorcery. And he's also got the best card in the set or second best card in the set, Lazel, which is uh, a friend to you in the arena open for sure. Had had that on day two. Um, And just a rock solid blue white tempo evasive deck here you didn't mention the other rare in the four drop slot there's champions of tear oh my god i missed the champions of tear <laughs> i didn't even see that i was just so blinded by the two specialized creatures that's hilarious yeah just a really good deck so if we run through this in the one drops just a steadfast unicorn two drops two flaming fist dust guard soldiers of the watch two under simplifies a valiant farewell in the threes two clever conjurers pilgrim's eye priest of ancient lore Blur, two minimus containment. Talked about those busto fours, champions of tier, Gale and Lazel, triple Miss Dragon in the five drop slot, two air cult elementals, and Pegasus Guardian to round out the sixes. Yeah, this is juiced with power level at the top of the curve. Yeah, this is an awesome deck and did go 3 0 and sent Icky into draft number two. And we should mention, I don't think I said Numot's record. Numot ended up 0 1 drop, which is tough after that draft. Oh, one for life, baby. I feel you, Numat. I feel you. All right. And lastly, we're going to round things out with Equal TV's day one draft here. All right. What do we got? Pack one, pick one. You see the following cards as options. In the commons, not a bunch of great ones. Best one is Vampire Spawn, two and a black for the two, three, when ETBs drain two, gain two. In the uncommons, we do have some juicy ones. There's Mephit's Enthusiasm, one in red for the deal four. And if excess damage was dealt this way, your next creature that you cast gets plus X plus O, where X was the excess damage. There's Black Dragon, five black black for the four fourth flying. When ETB's target creature and opponent controls gets minus three, minus three until a turn. And there's also Battlecry Goblin, one in red for the two, two. You can pay one in a red to give goblins you control plus one plus O and haste until end of turn. And it's got pack tactics to make a one, one red goblin token that's tapped and attacking. One of the things I really appreciate about this format, sorry to to jump in mid pack here, is the shift. I know like one of the bugs of this format is how many reprints there are from AFR. But I think one of the features of this format is how interesting the evaluations shift of those cards like Battlecry goblin was a mythic uncommon in afr and here i think it's just worse than janassi rabble rouser yes i think that is definitely true and that took me a while to like get on board with because my memory of this card was oh man this card is absolutely nuts and it's still good but it's not busted like it was yes completely agree and then in the rare slot, we've got stick together, three white, white for the sorcery. Each player chooses a party from among creatures they control, then sacrifices the rest. So that is one of cleric, rogue, warrior, and wizard. This is really hard. Like the build around boy in me wants to take stick together so bad. I think this card is really powerful. The responsible, the boring Ben in me <laughs> probably just wants to take Mephit's enthusiasm. I definitely want to take Mephit's enthusiasm. This is not particularly agonizing for me. Stick Together is really powerful, isn't it? It is, but like, aren't you taking like Priest of Ancient Lore over Stick Together, pack one, pick one, right? I don't want to, but yeah, I am. And then Mephit's enthusiasm is better than Priest, yeah? Don't use logic. with <laughs> Transitive it's a, property it, of it, equality. It, Boom. It's, offense, it's offensive to me and my sensibilities for you to be logical with me i don't like it if 
fine. Let's take Mephit's Enthusiasm. All right, pack one, pick one. We grab Mephit's Enthusiasm, and Eagle does as well. Moving on to pack one, pick two. Not a very good pack here. There's some commons. There's a Warriors of Tiamat. There's another Vampire Spawn. And then no other real commons that are interesting. Moving on to the uncommons, there's a Vol Eager Scholar, the two and a blue, two, one looter. Um, that specializes and gives you some sort of a bonus based on the number of cards you've exiled. There's Guiding Bolt, two and a white for the instant, destroy target creature with power four, greater scry two. And then our rare, Total Clunker, Gorian Wise Mentor, that's the Bant, green, white, blue for the three, four Vigi, that's an adventure build around that is not really build aroundable. Uh, You didn't read my favorite card, the card that I like kind (laughs) of want to take. Wait, what is that? Ghost Lantern. Oh, no. Vampire Spawn is way better than Ghost Lantern. It is not. It is too. No, way better. No, maybe better. It is not way better. Ghost Lantern is so unique. It's so good. It's certainly a good card. I think is below Vampire Spawn in my mental pick order that I have that we said you're supposed to have. That's true. That's true. Yeah, yeah. I do think that Ghost Lantern probably like it's too early to know if it's going to be better than Spawn or not. And Spawn's just always going to do the thing. So I like taking Spawn here if we're going to take a black card. Um, but Ghost Lantern, like if we started off with... Like if we start off with Black Dragon last pack, I would take Ghost Lantern over Vampire Spawn personally. Yeah. And so Ghost Lantern is the the one in a black instant adventure. Rebuy a creature from your graveyard to your hand and the equipment equips for one. Whenever a creature you control dies, put a plus one plus one counter on equipped creature. Yeah. So pretty clunk of a pack. We can't follow up a red pick for Mephit's Enthusiasm. So I guess I like taking Vampire Spawn here. I would also land on Vampire Spawn as well. Uh, Eagle disagrees and took Guiding Bolt. Probably, I assume, it may be valuing Guiding Bolt higher than you and I do and wanting to get into white as well. Yeah, I agree with both of those. All right, moving on to pack one, pick three. See the following cards as options. In red and white, there's nothing great. A best red card is maybe like Reckless Barbarian, the 2-2 that you can sack to add red red or Swashbuckler Extraordinaire. That's two and a red for a 2-2 two, two at uncommon. When it ETBs, you make a treasure. Whenever it attacks, you can sacrifice one or more treasures and give that many creatures double strike until end of turn. Really not excited about that. Uh, Minimus Containment in white. But again, like this is kind of a weak pack. Best cards, I think, are like Young Blue Dragon, four and a blue for the 3-3 three, three flyer that can also scry one, draw a card on its adventure. There's also Deadly Dispute, one on a black for an instant. As an initial cost to cast it, you sack an artifact or a creature and then draw two cards and make a treasure token. I must be overvaluing Swashbuckler Extraordinaire because I like it quite a bit and I'm like happy to, I guess I agree this pack is kind of clunky, but I'm happy to see it here as a follow-up to Mephit's Enthusiasm. But to hear you say like, eh, you're not really excited about it. So are you not a fan of this card? I am not. I think it's very understated. Interesting. The fact that you get the treasure means that like it quote unquote costs two mana. It helps you ramp. It's got good types. The direct double strike stuff comes up. I don't know. I, I like the card, but I, it does sound like I'm, I shouldn't because you don't like it. Eagle doesn't take it here and the data doesn't like it. So that's three strikes against me. Yeah, I think I would land on what Eagle lands on here, which is Deadly Dispute. And certainly if you have Vampire Spawn, I think you're slamming Deadly Dispute. Yes, yes. Over Extraordinaire. Like looking at Guiding Bolt instead of Vampire Spawn, it's a little tougher, but I still think you end up in the same place on Deadly Dispute. Yeah, Dispute's great. All right, moving on to pack one, pick four. See the following cards as options. In the commons, best one is Sepulcher Ghoul, one in a black for a 2-2. Two, two. You can sack another creature to give it plus two, plus two until end of turn. If you watched our last showdown video, you would you would not know that this was a 2-2 because for some reason in Ben's deck, it was a 2-1. Yeah, Arena just granted me the non-alchemy <laughs> copy. Appreciate that, Arena. Still savaged me anyway. 
moving on to the uncommons, there's Thrakus the Busher. That's the red green three four trample dragon build around. There's Morden's Disciples, three and a white for two three with double team when it attacks tap target creature defending player controls. And Kaga Shadow Archdruid, two black green for the one four. When it attacks against Death Touch and you mill two, and then one string each of your turns, you can play a land or cast a permanent from among cards in your graveyard that were put there that turn. I always want Kaga to go like 10th pick, and it never does, and so I never get it. But I'm like <laughs> yeah. never willing to take it this early because um, it's not very good. Uh, this is like a not exciting pick, but I a disciplined pick, and I like taking the ghoul here. Yeah, so Poker Ghoul is the pick here, and that's what Eco lands on as well. So you've got... Nice to have two sack outlets and a red removal spell to sort of maybe hedge you towards that red black provocation life. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Love this start to the draft and moving on to pack one pick five, it gets a little rougher. No black card in the pack. So now you got to worry that black is cut potentially. No good red cards. There's Reckless Barbarian and you come to the null camp. There is some green. There's a Dreadland Orm, 6G for the 7-6, can't be blocked by creatures power three or less, and the Adventure Scale Deflection 3G Instant, put two plus plus one counters on a creature and untap it and give it hexproof. And then in the uncommons, there's also a Lurking Roper chillin'. Two and a green for the four five, doesn't untap during your untap step. When you gain a life, untap Lurking Roper. You're allowed to just like mulligan a pack, right? Once a draft, you can just say, no, I'd like a new one. <laughs> I wish. That's what I want to do with this. Uh, yeah, I guess you take Dreadlenorm reluctantly. That's how I feel about taking it here, at least. Yeah, I would also take a reluctant Dreadlenorm over Lurking Roper. Yeah. And that's what Eco lands on as well. Moving on to pack one, pick six. Again, like another dud of a pack. No black mm. here. So it feels like the black dream is drying up best white card in the pack there's like an ice wind stalwart and a devoted paladin neither of those are particularly insane and then there's like a wild shape in green that's the green combat trick that gives you the ability to make something a one three turtle with hexproof, a one five spider with reach or a three three elephant with trample this pack is just kind of a blank again this pack is kind of a blank and i think i I'm, I love I love this. I kind of think we should do this kind of episode again because I'm learning a lot from diving into these logs from other streamers and content creators, people who think about magic as much as we do. I think I would have made a mistake here and taken like follow the tracks like, well, I just got Dreadlenorm. Maybe I'll ramp into it. But like when you have packs that are this weak, when you have a draft that is going this rough, you want to navigate yourself into the colors that are going to give you playables no matter what. And that is white and black. And so I really like taking either Paladin or Stalwart here, even though all Eagle has is a guiding bolt. I think it's just like, look, this draft isn't going well. So how do I cobble it together? It's by getting into the colors that have deep commons. Yeah, that makes sense. Equal took Devoted Paladin. I honestly think I might have taken a flyer on Undersimplify here myself. Yeah, and just like sure. Thought this is going poorly. There's a good blue common. Maybe I can get into blue and pair that, you know, with black. I, I would also be deeper in black with the vampire right. spawn, which right. changes things a little bit. But yeah, devoted paladin here from Eco makes a ton of sense to me just trying to get into white and pick up playables. And also, if the draft isn't going well for you, you want to navigate into an aggressive deck because commons will support that. You know, you just end the game because you don't have any like good top end or good rares that you're hoping to find every game. So I think that's another nod towards the paladin. Yeah, for sure. Moving on to pack one, pick seven after grabbing that devoted paladin. No white cards in the pack. This is like Ken Kenji levels of brutal. No, it's like draft. <laughs> I look at this pack and it just makes me like cringe. Like I'm just like thinking about what it would be like to 
be in this spot on day two. Right. And you see, you see the variance in drafts, right? Like yeah. how smooth DeFore's draft was. It was like mm-hmm. boom, 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 white card. Like had to make that read pick three to not get baited by the Liara. But other than that was just hyper straightforward. And then you have drafts like new Mots and this draft that are just so hard. Yeah, really, really hard. All right. So commons in consideration. There's nothing. <laughs> there's, <laughs> there's warriors of Tiamat. There's pseudo dragon familiar. But I mean, like there's a baleful beholder in black, the six mana six five uncommons. There's a vol eager scholar, the two one specialized looter. And then in the rare, your fave Alondo the seer two green blue for the three five. I'm not going to read what this does. Tap, exile a card, and <laughs> a draw a card. It's a, it's a glorified looter. Glorified looter, yes. There you go. Uh, yeah, I mean, I love the Alondo pick here. I don't know. It's so hard. Every time you make... When, when a pick like this happens, if you're going to take Alondo here, you have to ask yourself, what is the path through this draft where this makes my deck? My deck. I know. That's what I was thinking, too. Like, if you didn't I, grab Undersimplify last pick. I don't... And I just don't know. Like, because I still am looking at, like... Can I please just have a functioning deck with ghoul, enthusiasm, and deadly dispute? Like, what functioning deck am I going to end up with taking Alondo here? And I'm not knocking this pick at all. Like, I don't know what else you're supposed to do, but I'm also feeling very lost at this moment. Yes, I agree. I would take Alondo as well. And you just see, I mean, you just have to take good cards and figure it out as you go, I think, at this point. Yeah, for sure. But like, very, very tough. Do not envy equal here at all. No, yeah. Pack one, pick eight, takes a hill giant herd gorger out of, again, another super weak pack. And you do feel pretty good about seeing herd gorger here, I think. Yeah. And some some nice stuff on the wheel here in terms of potential signals. So in pick 11, there's a young blue dragon. Pick 12, there's a soul knife spy. Pick 13, a wizened gets Zerai. That's the two mana, two one. Whenever it becomes blocked by a creature, it gets minus two minus oh perpetually so maybe backdooring into a blue life here like maybe picking up on hey maybe blue is underdrafted at this table and i can get into it yeah if we take a look at the final deck boom no green cards we ended up in a blue white deck here no black cards no red cards like he basically scrapped almost everything he took the first eight picks other than guiding bolt yeah which is i think something you need to be willing to do if you're going to salvage a draft that is going this poorly and has this week of packs and the nice thing about this deck is it's so redundant and consistent like there's doubles of almost everything can you run through what this deck looks like yeah it's so tight so in the one drop there's double hypnotic pattern which not a great card but does play well with a lot of the other cards that equals playing mm-hmm. there's double patriarch's humiliation in the two drops there's double steadfast paladin that wizened gazerai two you hear something on watch in the three drops pseudo dragon familiar again not great but plays well much like the hypnotic patterns with triple soul knife spy yeah and then the guiding bolt as well in the fours we've got a hippogriff two librarians Irenicus's vile duplication and a sea tower imprisonment and then in the fives we've got a rare illithid harvester two rhyme shield frost giants and young blue dragon and this deck 3-0'd this got him to the second pod i think this is just an awesome salvage of a draft yes absolute masterclass in how to stay open and try to find a functional lane. You proposed this as an episode idea last week, and I was like, yeah, that sounds good. Having done this, this has been so informative for me. So thank you again to all the folks who shared their draft logs with us. This was awesome. Yeah, really great to get a chance to dive into other people's drafts and just relive some of that day two, like high stakes drafting. I cannot talk enough about how awesome like just and it's not even high stakes, right? Like, I mean, that is a, a lot of money, like for somebody like me and you, but it's not like 
life-changing money. You know, like it's not the top eight of a PT where we're drafting or something, but it's it matters, right? Like we care mm-hmm. about it a lot. We think about Magic all the time. And it is just super cool to get to compete in things like the Arena Open. And I, I love it. And I'm very glad that Wizards is doing it. Absolutely. All right. Great place to wrap us up. Thank you to all those folks and Salty Pretzels as well for our intro and outro music. Make sure you give it a listen. Thanks so much to ChannelFireball.com for sponsoring this podcast. If you're heading over to CFB for any and all purchases or signing up for CFB Pro, which you absolutely should do, please use the code LOL when you check out to let them know we sent you there. You can check us out streaming. I'm at twitch.tv slash Lord Tupperware. Ben is at twitch.tv slash Mr. Metronome. Mr. is spelled out. We're both under those same usernames on Twitter, and you can tweet at the podcast at Lords of Limited. If you've got any feedback about the show or any questions, shoot us an email at lordsoflimited at gmail.com. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll catch you next week for another episode of Lords of Limited. Thanks, everybody. See you later.